Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Miami, Florida with my new friend, Julie Middlebrook-Levin of TasteJourneyTravel.com. Although she lives in Chicago, she visits Miami regularly to see her daughter, to escape the winter cold, and to host culinary experiences for travelers. In this episode, Julie and I talk about people watching in South Beach, going on a walking food tour in Little Havana, and exploring the renowned street art museum at Wynwood Walls. Hear about these three amazing experiences, plus a bunch more. If you know someone that wants to visit Florida, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Julie's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Miami. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lee. It's great to be here. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite cities in the world, uh, Miami, Florida. It's a city I, I've been a few different times, and I know it has a, has a great culture, both from like all the Art Deco style that you see around, you know, a lot of great cars, and just a lot of great people, and obviously the beach, right? So what's your connection to the city, and uh, you know, how do you know so much about it? Well, my daughter moved to Miami a couple of years ago, and now I ended up spending part of my year living there as well. I live in Chicago the other part of the year. So obviously the winters are very nice to be in Miami. I love the the multinational food scene and the fact that Miami is really a blending of so many different cultures. It's just such a great place to be. Absolutely. It's definitely a people watching place. That's, that's for yes, sure. Yes, I agree. <laughs> right on. So if you had to describe like the people or the city in just a couple of words, how would you do that? I think I could pick just one word, and that would probably be fiery. I think the people are just fiery, <laughs> full of, <laughs> full of a, you know, a little bit of sass, a little bit of action, but full of life, truly. Absolutely. So, like we were talking about earlier, that they have wonderful beaches there. You know, like it's like that the whole culture of like South Beach and everything like that. Obviously, people think about like the weather is is fantastic and it's nice and warm all year long, but. What is the weather truly like for somebody that, that lives there throughout the year? Yeah, well, it is it is generally warm and humid. And I think like when you average out the temperatures, it's like an average of 77 degrees. But that really is an average because in the summer months, it can get really hot. And I think one of the things that many people don't realize is that it rains almost every day during the summer months, like June to August in Miami. So Fortunately, it's not an all-day thing, but I think it's something people should be aware of if they're coming during that time. I love being in Miami when it's not full of tourists. So May to June and September to like October are truly my favorite times to be there. Yeah, I, I've been there a few different times, like during football season, going to go watch uh, watch the Dolphins, and, and I know the weather it, it does get a little chilly, uh, relatively chilly, <laughs> anyways, uh, in the evenings there. So it's, it's definitely one of those like light sweater weather you know, type of scenarios because you got those breezes coming in off off the ocean. Yes, exactly. But as far as like other events, like we talked about, obviously there's football, there's professional sports kind of year round 
there in Miami. But are there any other like uh, events that maybe somebody wants to plan the trip around? Oh, yeah. I would say well, my favorite is the South Beach Food and Wine Festival that takes place in February every year. Oh my gosh, I love that festival because I'm all about food and culture and it's so much fun and you can you can go to one event or you can go to, you know, 50 events. Um it's really fun for tourists too as well as locals because you can plan a a weekend trip around it. So I love that one. Another one that I love is the Miami Marathon. If you are a runner or even thinking about being a runner, they have a great half marathon that takes place in January. So it's a great way to kind of get your exercise on and then go out and explore all the fabulous food afterwards. <laughs> and um, <laughs> You're definitely going to be earning your, your food yes, after that. You're, you're definitely earning your food after that one. I love the weekly farmer's markets that are, you know, kind of spread throughout Miami. One of my favorites is the, the Vizcaya Village Market. And that's always fun for locals and for tourists as well. Nice. Okay. So if somebody wants to plan their trip to Miami, I know it's a, a, an American flies through there quite a bit. I'm kind of partial to Southwest, but Southwest primarily flies into Fort Lauderdale. Right. Do you recommend one or or both of those airports? Well, if you're flying into Miami International, which is where I prefer to fly into because it's just – I think it's about nine miles from downtown Miami – I would say American Airlines is the major player there, but Delta, United, I think even JetBlue also offer a lot of flights into that airport. Um, the other option would be Fort Lauderdale, which is a smaller option with not as many flights, and it's about 18 miles from downtown Miami. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's nice having those different options in case, like, maybe you're shopping around between different airlines and just looking for that cheaper right. ticket. And, and pricing, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I fly you know, a lot of times with my kids and my wife, and when you got four tickets, you know, a difference of 50 bucks, $70 a ticket, that really adds up. It does add up, for sure. So say we fly into to Miami there and uh, we go into the airport in Miami. From the airport to the city where our hotel is, should we take public transportation? Do we rent an Uber? Uh, do we rent a car? Like, How do we do that? I think getting around Miami or Miami Beach and also getting from the airport to that area is really easy by taking, you know, rideshare, Ubers, Lyfts, even a taxi. Um, Very accessible. For the most part, I would say Uber prices are really reasonable in Miami compared to other cities. And then once you get downtown, you know, you do have public transport as an option. Walking, biking, it's a very walkable city for sure. There's even a um, like a metro mover that's convenient for moving around in the downtown kind of brickle area. And then there's a metro rail that can take you further outside the, the city center, as well as there's a trolley system that runs in Miami and Miami Beach too. So if you're planning on spending time and exploring the city, you do not need a car. And Honestly, I think driving in Miami is a little bit stressful. Um, the drivers are pretty, they're pretty aggressive. They're a little impatient. They tend to run red lights. Traffic's pretty heavy. Roads are not really greatly designed and they flood really easily too. So all reasons that I would strongly advise anyone coming um, to not bring a car. You don't need it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially, I mean, if you're going to be spending time at the beach or at some of the activities, you really don't need a car anyways. You're not, I mean, all you're going to do is be paying for parking anyways. Exactly. And that adds up. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, I mean, definitely properties at a premium around there. And so speaking of that, like, obviously, there's a lot of great hotels that are right along the beach there, but there's also a lot like kind of in that city core. Do you have any favorites uh, that you'd recommend? 
Oh, yeah. And you're right. There are so many great hotels, so many great properties throughout Miami. But probably my my top three would either be uh, the One Hotel, which is in South Beach, or the Setai, which is in Miami Beach. And then if you wanted to stay more in the downtown area, I love the Four Seasons Miami, which is located in Brickell. And I mean, we always recommend that people stay in Miami Beach if they're looking for like beachfront and fun. And I love the Four Seasons in Brickell for families or people that don't necessarily need to like be on the beach every day, but want really great pools and amazing food and walkable access to like some of the greatest restaurants for sure. So it's Brickell's really conveniently located to Wynwood as well, which is a great place to go have food and walk around and check out the all the great street art. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I would say that a lot of people, you know, at least the, on my budget, wouldn't necessarily be thinking like the Four Seasons is like a great place to go for families. I think sometimes in some of these cities that these big, bigger names are a little bit more affordable than you really think about. Absolutely. And I, the Four Seasons in particular has such a great focus on families. They do kids programs and have like special activities for kids. So I think it is a good choice. Sure, sure. And, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about it objectively, that the value of those programs, think of what you'd be spending anyways to kind of occupy the kids and, and entertain them. That's already kind of baked into the price of your hotel room. So it kind of evens out there. Exactly. Right on. And yeah, like one of my favorite hotels, I'm a big Kempton person. So the Surfcomber is right there as well. And I know that's a, that's a great property. We've stayed there before and it's right on the beach, has a great pool and there's always something fun going on at Kimpton, especially like their wine hour at, at 5 p.m. every day. Oh, my God. I love the Kimpton. I agree with you 100%. And there's actually three Kimptons located in the Miami area. So you have three different choices, and they're all good. And I love that complimentary happy hour, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, we spend many a day at the, at the, at the Kimpton wine hour, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> me, too. Me, too. <laughs> right on. Okay, so now we got our hotel and everything else. Like, what are some of like the main attractions we should visit in Miami? Obviously, the beaches are, are wonderful. If there's any beaches that maybe you recommend that it may be a little less crowded, you know, a little bit better experience, but also some of the things that we're going to be doing away from the beach. Yes. As you said, the beach is definitely someplace you have to experience at least once in Miami. And I got to say, you have to experience South Beach. It's a scene, but it's a scene like you won't find anywhere else. So I think it's always fun to check out South Beach. But if you want to get away from the beach, I would definitely recommend the Wynwood area and going to Wynwood Walls, which is this amazing expanse of street art that's always changing and always something new to look at. Also, the Miami Design District is a really fun area to walk around. Um, great restaurants in that area as well. Little Havana, which is really, I love to have people do a, uh, a food walking tour there. I think that's a great way to experience the Cuban culture there. For sure. And I mean, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a big Cuban community in that area. And so it's a, it's a great way to experience that Cuban culture and food without actually, you know, hopping on a plane to go all the way down to Cuba. Exactly. And then there's lots of museums and gardens. I love the Vizcaya Museum and Gardens, which I think I mentioned earlier. That's where our favorite farmer's market is. And the uh, Perez Art Museum is also fabulous. So there's so much to do outside of the beach, for sure. Nice. Okay. So like I said earlier, I, I travel a lot with my kids. Sometimes my wife gets to come. Sometimes she doesn't because of work and everything. Do you have any suggestions as far as like great family or, or kid-friendly activities? 
kid-friendly activities. Well, I love a food tour. I love um, doing a walking street food tour with kids. I think it's a great way to keep them engaged because they get to sample goodies along the way. They learn about another culture and everyone's active and having fun. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be able to burn, out, burn the energy off from them. Uh, that way they're not bouncing off the walls and everything like that, you know? So Exactly. And some of those museums, I, I think they have, if they have great exhibits that are a little bit more interactive or, you know, a little bit more kid-friendly, then those are good options as well. Absolutely. And all of the museums have rotating exhibits and things that, you know, are very family-friendly as well. So, like I said, uh, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm traveling with my kids, but sometimes I can get grandma to watch the kids and, and it's just like a, a great like getaway weekend for me and my wife, or I'm going to grab a couple of buddies. We're going to go to a game and we're going to be able to kind of enjoy some of the nightlife. But the problem with that is sometimes you're waiting in these long lines. Cause I mean, everybody wants to be at these amazing uh, clubs and restaurants in Miami and everything. So are there some ways where we can like skip the line or be able to find out better ways to get into some of these clubs without, you know, spending half our weekend in, in line. Yes, and you're right. Getting a reservation in Miami can be very challenging sometimes. So, I would say one of the best tips for going out in Miami is to show up early. If you show up early to a bar or restaurant, it's kind of a double bonus because a you're you're most likely going to hit a happy hour, which Miami has fabulous happy hours. And it's not going to be very crowded, and therefore you're going to get a seat even without a reservation because in general, everybody in Miami goes out really late. So we find that if we kind of hit things a little bit on the early side, we have a much greater chance of being able to uh, grab something, whether it's a meal or a happy hour in the hot places. And then not necessarily for you and your wife, but if you're young and you're female, definitely knowing some of the club promoters can lead to a lot of free drinks and club entrances for the groups of girls. So bachelorette <laughs> parties and, and just girls weekends, that's another great way to kind of get an in. For sure. Yeah. This was probably about 20 years ago, but me and my buddies, like I said, we went there for a game and we're out at dinner and we were talking to some of the people and they recommended we go to this one club. They said, oh, it's like the best club in Miami. Everything is wonderful there. really goes off. And we're like, okay, that sounds really cool. And we get there around, I don't know, 11. <laughs> yes. And we're thinking it's dead. that's kind of late for us you know, from California. And we get there. The place is absolutely dead. We're like, okay, they must have been like pranking us or something, <laughs> right? And, but we're like, all right, well, well we're here. We're you know, hang out, have a couple drinks before we figure out what we're going to do. At midnight, it's like somebody flipped the switch. Yes. And all of a sudden, the place became packed. And we couldn't believe ourselves. We're like, wow, we got in like super lucky and everything like that. We stayed there till I think six o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning, whenever the, the, the bar finally closed. And it was a, one of the best nights. It was amazing. I hear you loud and clear. It's the craziest thing. And I too have been at a bar at 11 o'clock and no one's been there. And at midnight, all of a sudden, it's like the place <laughs> to be. And actually, when Carly and I, we ran the half marathon last year. And when we were leaving our house to get the people mover to go to the marathon at 5.30 a.m., we were passing lots of people coming home. <laughs> and we were laughing saying, <laughs> that was like a different kind of marathon they just did, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> so yes, that's true. Well, we went to the Dolphins game the next day. You know, one of my clients had, uh, had tickets and gave us tickets to the game. I was not feeling it that day, every time I stand up to cheer, the hangover oh, yeah. rang loud and clear right in my in my head, and 
it was a, it was a rough day the next day. That, that, I'll just say that. That's why you'll notice that the restaurants don't even start getting busy for lunch until late in the afternoon because everybody's on a much later schedule in Miami. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Well, speaking of that, obviously you talked about like the Cuban culture and like the food there, but also there's a lot of great other restaurants and like really big names that come in there with their with their uh, like their brand of food and everything. What are some of the restaurants you recommend that like really kind of bring out that culture in Miami? Oh, I have so many to recommend, but some of my favorites in the design district, there's a place called Mandolin Aegean Bistro, and you are literally transported to a Greek island when you walk in this place. It's all outdoor dining spaces, and it's such a fabulous, like unique vibe. Um, we love all the mezes and the salads on their menus there. They have great Greek wines. Um, it is a perfect place to share food with friends. So that's one place I love. In that same area in the uh, design district, there is a little cart that sells something called kakigori, which is a Japanese treat. The name of it is called Japao. And uh, we lived in Japan for many years. So it's like such a nice reminder of our time in Japan, but it's also the ultimate treat on a hot day because it's so refreshing. So I love that. That's like a little hidden gem. And then uh, in the Wynwood area, there's a couple of places. One's called Uchi and the other is called Q. Um, they're both Asian. We love the soft shell crab uh, bao buns at Q. Amazing. And Uchi's take on crispy rice is so good. And they have a really great happy hour. They have an omakase set there and all their tamaki rolls are so good too. So those are a couple of other favorites. And then there's a new uh, food hall that recently opened downtown. And it's part of kind of a revitalization that's going on downtown in that neighborhood. It's called Julia and Henry. And there are so many great eateries in there. They even have a key lime pie vending machine, which is so Miami, right? Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I know. They have um, a place called Mensch for Jewish food that has the most amazing laffa bread and dips and a place called Papa that has great Belgian-style fries. Um, there's a hand roll place called Yabai. Oh my gosh, there's so many places. Mitchie's Chicken Shack has incredible chicken sandwiches. So like a real variety of cultures represented in Julia and Henry for sure. And I could go back there again and again, and I do. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm like one of those guys where I go to a restaurant, and I know exactly what I'm gonna get, like right when I show up, because it's like my spot for that one food. Right. Whereas my wife, she loves to be able to kind of sample everything and take a little bit of nibble from here and there and stuff like that. So like that food hall sounds like an amazing spot for her because that way she gets to enjoy a lot of different food, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different styles from these different chefs all in one spot and being able to just order one thing from each different spot and be able to walk around and eat all of them as, as we're kind of enjoying and taking in the scene. Exactly. That's the concept. And it's so great because it really does please everyone too. Everyone can find something that they love there. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially if like you're like you said, like a bachelorette party or something like that, or maybe you're traveling with a big group of friends and trying to get you know ten people to agree on a restaurant. It's hard. It's almost impossible. I know, definitely. Going to a food hall like that, then everybody get, kind of grabs their own thing, and then we all kind of meet together in the, in the middle for at a table, and, and everybody's happy. That way, you don't have to hear somebody complaining. And well, one of the other things before we go is like we talked about like South Beach. You know, from what I knew, you know, a long time ago, uh, one of the last times I was there, is like the, a big spot for like people watching. You see, like, you got this like big uh, car culture where everybody's kind of showing off the flashy cars and their clothing and, and handbags and everything like that. Where's like the best place for, for people watching in Miami? 
Ooh, best place for people watching. Well, I guess it kind of depends on what type of people watching you're looking for. I would say if you like to really like see kind of a local artsy vibe, I would recommend either the Wynwood area or the design district. And you're going to see, um, oh my gosh, just like kind of in the design district, it'll be flashy Miami. And in Wynwood, it will be creative Miami for sure. And then I would say for the, you know, the beach scene and the cars and things like that, definitely South Beach. I mean, that you can walk that whole strip of South Beach and never not have enough to look at, (laughs) if you know what I mean. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love seeing all these exotic cars and everything like that. And maybe one day I'll have the budget to be able to buy one of them. Right. But if not, I could at least like just kind of soak it in and and look at them as they they drive by. Yes. It's It's so fun to watch. It's a cool thing. Miami is a great people watching city all the way around. Doesn't matter where you are, you're going to see something fun. Right on. Well, Julie, I really appreciate coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Miami. It makes me want to be able to get on the get on the computer right now and book a trip to come out there and visit. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal in Miami, where should they go and what should they eat? Oh, that's such a hard question because there are so many great places. But I'm going to say that I would say Zach the Baker in Wynwood. It's super casual. It's a local artisanal bakery restaurant. And Literally everything is amazing, but the whole roasted cauliflower, oh, incredible. The bagel platters, breakfast plates, it's all so good. And because it's located in Wynwood, you kind of get the bonus of being able to take in some great street art before or after you have breakfast or lunch there. Wow, that sounds really awesome. Like we talked about, like obviously your your daughter moved there and you kind of travel back and forth based on the seasons and everything. I'm sure you've had some really amazing stories and experiences. Uh, What's one of the most memorable? Oh, we have had a lot. I think I'm going to go back to the the Miami half marathon run story that I think I mentioned previously that we were starting out before the sun was rising and seeing people walking home um, from their last club (laughs) was really a moment that stood out in my mind of just how different Miami is from a lot of the other major cities in the US. And I also think just that run in itself is such a beautiful reflection of the city. You take in all of the amazing sights and um, at the end, you get to go eat anything you want. And that is my idea of heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's always one of those things that's like work hard, play hard yes, and enjoy the rewards for sure. Well, speaking of good times and happy memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Miami? Oh, I think the happiest happy hour in Miami is the Claw Rooftop Bar. It overlooks Biscayne Bay in Edgewater, and you honestly feel like you could be on a cruise ship when you're sitting out there. It's located in a really cool building. It's the historic Miami Women's Club building, and um, great happy hour deals on everything from oysters and wine and cocktails. It's it's really special. I love it there. Uh, it sounds like a great place. And it's always cool to be able to kind of incorporate some of that history as well. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I always uh, do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Miami? Oh, this is a really tough one because, Lee, there are so many good pizza places. But I'm going to say, and and actually, most of the really good pizza is in the Brickle area too, just as a tip for people. But we like to do pizza crawls where we take a night and actually do like three or four different pizza destinations. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to say that I'd probably pick DC Pie, which is in Brickell. 
I don't know. Well, I knew I liked you from, from the time we started talking. <laughs> this must be one of the reasons why, because I, I would totally join you on on that pizza oh, crawl. That's like you're right up my alley. Anytime. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Now we talked about earlier. We kind of hinted at it a little bit. Like with your business, uh, you create a lot of different travel experiences for people and and help them really kind of enjoy their destinations at a deeper level with all those creations that you've done and all those itineraries and that you've been able to help people with. I'm, I'm sure you have some like great tips. Like what's one of the best travel tips you have? I would say my best travel tip is summed up in one word plan. I think that having a well researched and thought out trip allows you to arrive at a destination and not have any stress or have to think about where your next meal or your next activity is going to be because it's already laid out for you. And so you can just show up and enjoy every moment and get the most out of the food and the culture and the experiences. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that sometimes people miss out on some of the great experiences because they didn't plan and they just ran out of time or they just, it was like right there. If they would have just gone to the the next page of Google results and they would have been able to figure it out. But uh, having somebody that like yourself that, has that expertise and has that experience, uh, we'll make sure that, you know, we work hard, right. And we're trying to earn our money to be able to afford these trips. And the last thing you want to do is go on this amazing vacation and go, oh, you have that regret of like missing out on that really cool experience. Absolutely. Agree. Well, right on. Well, Julie, uh, again, thanks for coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. I have a company called Taste Journey Travel, and we plan food and culture itineraries for people all over the world. And every itinerary is created custom for our clients. And we love to help people learn more about their destination through food and cultural experiences. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, if somebody has questions about your tours or about Miami, or even Chicago, because I know that's where you, where you live uh, part of the year. Uh, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Yeah, so we're on Instagram and TikTok at My Taste Journey, and our website is tastejourneytravel.com. Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include links to all those in the show notes. Julie, again, it's been great talking to you, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Sounds great. What a fun conversation with Julie. Miami is one of my favorite cities, and I can't wait to experience some of the incredible foodie options that Julie shared. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to Julie's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Miami. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner of today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs so that way you can stay free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEAD to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we head to Havana, Cuba, Speaking with my new friend Hega Jacobson of theworldbyhega.com. In this episode, Hega and I talk about exploring the Museum of the Revolution, going on a classic car tour, and watching the cannon ceremony at the Cabana Fortress. We'll be joining us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at We Travel There or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our coming destinations. Mm-hmm.